Welcome to Career and Leadership Real Talk, the no-nonsense guide for ambitious managers who want to have more impact and progress their career. I'm Pamela Langan, a job search coach and expert CV writer specialising in helping frustrated professionals land the jobs and pay rises they know they deserve. And I'm Jackie Jagger, a leadership and mindset coach specialising in helping newly promoted and new to role leaders to avoid the dickhead trap and lead with confidence. Between us, we've helped hundreds of leaders and managers to find new roles, take ownership of their careers, and handle the challenges that job searches and leadership responsibility inevitably bring. And now we're joining forces to share with you what we know has worked for our clients. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode. Today, we are talking about how understanding personality profiles can help you to win friends and influence people. So to get us started, what are the common personality tests that people might have heard of out there in the market? So there's a number that are really common. Myers-Briggs is one of the longest standing and that one is really popular. The way it's explained is using a combination of letters. So ISTP, ENTJ, you'll hear people talk about that. So there's 16 different combinations and there's also a website called 16 Personalities that uses the same basis. So that's one. Then you've got a number that use color options. So red, green, blue, and yellow. And here you'll have things like Insights, you'll have DISC, you'll have Clarity 4D. So lots of different names. And broadly, they're based on the same foundation, although the way that they are presented back in report form is slightly different, but they're all based on the same original psychological foundations. So lots of different names for it, lots of different wrappers that they're put up in, uh, but fundamentally those are all based on the same original kind of foundations from the start. Yeah, and I suppose it, it depends on which one appeals to you the most. And you can research them, can't you, and find out which which ones that you'd like to work with. I suppose the next question really is how can people use the results from any of these tests to benefit them with career progression or to become better leaders? So it's an interesting one. So in terms of that choice, I think one of the things that's often really helpful is for people within the same organization to be using the same language. So to use the same ones as other people have used and to think about how everybody can start to be on the same page or certainly teams or functions as opposed to just you as an individual. So if your business has got one that they regularly use or have used, then it makes sense for you to be looking at the same one so that the language is the same, so that the understanding is the same. And I think there are a number of ways that when you use personality profiling, it can help. The caveat that I would put before I talk too much about that is they can also sometimes hinder. And I think that aspect isn't necessarily talked about too much. Fun fact is that the personality profile, so Myers-Briggs, when that was first developed, it was actually done by a woman who was looking at her daughter and her daughter's partner and wondering how these different people were kind of together. So it was more looking almost like a dating profile than it was based on any kind of science. 
So they're really popular and I do believe they absolutely have a place and they can be really helpful. Otherwise, we wouldn't be recording this episode. But some of the downsides that I found is that people sometimes feel like doing a personality profile, they'll look at that as a box to label themselves or to label other people or they'll look at limitations that might be suggested by a profile and feel like that's a limitation that applies to them as opposed to the the phrase I always use when I'm working with people around personality profiles is that they reflect your preferences and not your potential so they don't reflect how far you can progress your career they don't reflect how good you are at your job What they do is help you to understand your own, and if you share them, other people's preferences. And that's where masses of the benefit can come from. Because when you understand what your preferences are and what other people's are, then you can work in ways that make the most and allow you to accommodate your preferences. You can work in areas and in ways that accommodate other people's preferences. And you can start to then look at What are the areas that come naturally based on your preferences? And what are the areas that might take a little bit more effort or energy or learning? And and those are still areas that you can change your behaviors in, even if they're not what comes naturally to you. I know that wasn't the question you asked me, but I always feel like I have to caveat that before, because I, I would imagine from the way you're grinning that you've also seen these become a hindrance rather than a help. Yeah, and and that's the thing, isn't it? I love what you said there about the preferences because it is preferences rather than potential, isn't it? Because some people can look at it and go, oh my goodness, those results are quite harsh and then get really worried about that and feel like people think that this is the way they're coming across or they're questioning, do do I come across in this way? And sometimes you actually don't, but it's just based on all of the, the things that you've inputted into that test will show your preferences. And that's exactly all it is, isn't it? It is just your preference in a particular area. And sometimes it's when, when you're reading through it, because I know when I've done them in the past and sometimes I've gone, oh my goodness, that is absolutely spot on. That is exactly me to a T. But then the more constructive stuff, I'm like, I don't know if that's me. But then on further reflection, I'm like, you know it's not that far off and it can be a really good point to think about development areas but I think the key to it is that real self-awareness isn't it because sometimes if you get I think early in your career depending on how self-aware you are you can use those things or if in fact at any part of your career you can use these personality tests to really push you on because In terms of being a great leader, if you do these tests with your team, you understand their preferences, then you can support them. In the past, for example, people in teams that I've managed have, some of the people have felt quite awkward and reluctant to do certain things or they'll act in a certain way. And then you do personality tests with people and you go, actually, it's that's just their preferences they're kind of working in line with their preferences but that doesn't sit with mine so then as the leaders okay how can we work better together and I suppose that's where the win friends and influence people comes in doesn't it because it's like how can I work with this person better but it's that real self-awareness isn't it because otherwise you could there's been a couple of people who've worked for me in the past where I could have just wrote them off as being really awkward and really reluctant to move forward or progress but then when you look more into their personality profiles it's okay 
we can work together a little bit differently and I can get the most out of these people. And I think when you approach personality profiling from the perspective that there is no good or bad with personalities, there's no right or wrong. So if you think about DISC, which people might be familiar with, so DISC is one of the ones with the different colours. So you've got red and red energy is people who are quite forthright. They will potentially be quite challenging, often more so task focused rather than people focused. And they'll tend to be quite direct and quite concise. Then you'll have yellow and yellow tends to be your kind of more charismatic. They're more peoply people. They will tend to prefer the company of others and they can be quite charming and can be quite comfortable with being the center of attention and enjoy that aspect of building relationships with people. And then you've got green, which is more of your kind of steadier, more people who seek harmony, people who like to ensure that everybody's needs are looked out for, who are perhaps a little bit of a kind of more cautious or a slightly slower pace versus you kind of red, which is diagonally opposite them in the quadrant, which is that kind of real, often real pacey type. And then you've got your blue, who would tend to be your more reflective characters, more detail-oriented, more detail-driven. So that's four very broad kind of boxes that people will often identify more so with one than with the others, but often will also see elements of more than one. And I think that's what I mean about it's so important not to assume that it's a box to put yourself in because any of those will have strengths that come with that and they will also have limitations. So no one is better than the other. There is no right or wrong. And I think what can happen with that self-reflection piece is sometimes people do get hooked into some of those limitations and feel like they've got to fix those limitations. They've got to be able to operate across all of those. And, and what those personality profiles tell you is what will come naturally to you. They don't tell you what your capacity is for learned behaviors. So some introspection and some reflection about what kind of learned behaviors might be useful or valuable to me in the role that I'm in with the people that I'm working with can be really valuable as long as you don't make it feel like there's something wrong with you. And that's what I've seen when they've been quite damaging. So I had a colleague who went away on development training week. It was very prestigious within the industry, lots of people from all different businesses. And she had a personality profile that was quite different from everybody else. And she read this and knew that the other people in her working group were different and then made that mean something about herself, that she wasn't good enough or she wasn't right. In reality, having someone who is different from you that you can work with and spark off can be immensely valuable because those different preferences will mean that different things come naturally to those different people. When there is variety and depth of different preferences, that has huge strengths to bring, but it can also bring some of those awkward moments. It's easier to be with people who have similar preferences to you. The harder thing can be to work with people with 
different preferences, but actually finding a way to make that work across the board brings so many more benefits. And and that level, that all starts with the understanding of what comes naturally to you doesn't come naturally to other people. And how can you find those ways that ideally accommodate both preferences, but also where potentially you both have a bit of that kind of learned behavior piece that comes into the mix so that you can then accommodate each other's preferences better too. Yeah, I think that that's a perfect way of explaining it as well. And it's funny, isn't it, that person that you were talking about immediately went to the negative side of things because her preferences were different. And I think we do that, don't we, as humans? Like we, we rather than going, wow, I'm different to everyone else, maybe I've got some really good qualities to bring to this team, immediately we just go, oh, I'm different. I must, I must be the worst person in this yeah, team. We you try know? and change ourselves to be more like yeah. other people, which is nuts because... why is somebody else better than you they're not yeah and that's the thing isn't it and I think when you do these things there is that danger that you as you say you put yourself in a box or you let it limit you but understanding what your preferences are can push you on further because then if there's anything where you're like I don't want that to be my preferred way of working or the way that people would perceive me you've got the opportunity to change that but then equally you've got to go do I need to change that because why don't I just embrace being me or is it that this particular part of it isn't going to fit in with the team and that's where when you understand what other team members preferences are it makes it easier as well to to all work together because for example some people might be very kind of outgoing and thriving in real kinds of fast-paced settings whereas other people might like that real stability and the planning aspect before they, they launch into it. And then you once you understand those preferences, you can then go, right, okay, so we've got this huge piece of work to deliver. We know we've got an element of people in the team that are going to want that stability and that planning. So let's put a planning session in because then that'll help them. And then the people who are just like chomping at the bit to get going, it's okay, we're going to do the planning and then we're going to hit the ground running and we're going to get straight into it. So they know exactly that next action part is when it's going to happen and how it's all going to pan out, which then you're going to deliver more, aren't you? If you understand those preferences and you you can cater as much as you can to, you're never going to take everyone's boxes. You're never going to do that. But you by understanding your team preferences you can have a good go can't you to make sure that everyone is accommodated to a certain point and so an example that came up recently so I was doing some development workshops with senior leaders within financial services so you've got someone who is in compliance and their preference was borderline blue red and then under pressure when there's a deadline to hit and this is what can happen sometimes, and this is where you, some of the nuances can be really helpful, reflected that their preference shifted under pressure, which is not unusual, to more blue. So blue being more of the data, analytical, logical driven. So what that meant was that for other people, if you're going to influence someone in compliance where their preference has shifted to be more blue than normal when there's a deadline. If your preference is more red and more pacey and more quick, let's get on with it, let's take action, but you need to get this person's buy-in, you need to present data. You need They need to feel 
that this is, we're going to do it once and we're going to do it right. So they needed to feel that was going to happen. And it's about them recognizing in that situation and that context, okay, if I want to get that person's buy-in, this is how I can do it. And so some of just those really simple but tangible practical examples can start to come out quite quickly, even if you haven't done an in-depth profile, even if you just think about what are my own preferences and how does that shift? So me as an example, outside of work, I would say I'm more of an introvert, which is typically probably more on the green blue side. In, in the workplace, what people see of my preferences is more of the extroverted preference, more of the red, yellow. Under pressure in the workplace, when I was employed, I would become much more task focused. So the yellow would start to drop away. So if people wanted to influence me, then understanding that about my preferences would mean that they then have the capacity to do that. Equally, what it could mean is that people could actually challenge me and say, hey, hang on a minute. We need a bit more of that yellow that you would normally display and it's gone missing in action. Can we just tone down? So you can start to have some of these conversations when you know your own preferences and other people know yours. And I would then typically be quite responsive to that kind of a conversation because I'd be like, okay, yeah, I hadn't perhaps realized that was happening, but I'm self-aware enough to appreciate that when that gets pointed out to me, that's the case and there's benefit to shifting and, and behaving more as the situation is needed rather than based on how I feel or how I felt in that situation. So yeah. hopefully that starts to give people some thoughts and some examples around how they might have some of those conversations with their teams or with colleagues and think about just asking some of that question about which which do you see yourself as being? Where do you sit in terms of those different ones? And how does that shift when the pressure is on? Yeah, definitely. And I think an interesting thing as well is you can look at the different elements of the personality profiles and say, where do you fit in? Like, where do you see yourself? But then I always think as well, sometimes the actual results that you get from doing them tests can be quite different. So that's where the self-awareness piece comes in, isn't it? Because sometimes people will think they're more one than the other, but when they do the test, they're like, oh, wow. So that is definitely not what I thought I was. It's and again, that can be about your preferences versus learned behavior. So it can be that if you're in, for example, a very regulated environment, then compliance and more of those blue behaviors might be the learned behaviors, the things that are necessary in order to drive results. And someone who is very results oriented will then adopt those behaviors, even if they are learned behaviors rather than a natural preference. So absolutely, you get some of those really rich and interesting conversations too, where people are, oh, but I see you. I see more of this. And sometimes what they're seeing is you adapting to the situation or trying to adapt to the situation as opposed to your natural preference. And your natural preference might be quite different. So if people communicate with you and try and influence you just based on what you display, then that can be mistaken. And equally, like you say, when you look at your profile, it can be, oh, actually, which which is it? Which Is this what other people perceive or is it not? Because that sometimes can be different. 
Yeah, definitely. And I know like when I've done personality tests in the past as well, what I've found is when when I think back to when I first did the DISC personality test, I came out as a high I and closely followed by a C, which is like the they're like the yellow blue colours. And then when I did it again, like some time later, I still came out as fairly high I, but was that was then followed up with the S, which is the green. And it it was I was working on different things. So different focuses at that that time and also have been through like different amounts of training and gain more experience and everything so do you think as you as time goes on with the personality preferences that they do change because you learn more you you gain more experience and you just generally start to progress don't you so do you think that does change oh my god I love that question and because I'm probably going to be shot down by lots of people that make a lot of money from personality profiles, because the answer I would give from experience is yes, they do. In theory, the answer should be that they don't move very much because in theory, personality doesn't shift that significantly as we go through life. It, it evolves, but it doesn't tend to have dramatic shifts. And therefore, one of the things that can be the case is that personality profiles can change depending upon situations and the context and the work circumstances and all of that. And I've definitely seen that and experienced that for myself as well. And so while in theory, they would say they're statistically reliable and valid, that's why for me... I'm absolutely not rubbishing them and saying that people shouldn't do them because I think they have a huge part to play in terms of insight and in terms of helping people with that self-reflection piece. But yes, absolutely, I have seen it and it it is very possible that those things change. And I think as well, because sometimes when people are answering the questions, they are doing that based on how they're behaving and what they're doing in the work environment that they're currently answering in. So that's been the biggest shifts that I've seen is if somebody answers it in one work context and then in a very different work context, then that can shift. And my own example was that when I did one where I hadn't been employed for a while and I was self-employed, my I, my yellow, my people, that came right down compared to where it had previously sat And then when I went back into an environment where I was doing more of the in-person development and more of that, then the eye comes back again. So, yeah, I think depending upon how people answer the questions, how they perceive the questions, that I've definitely seen it. Although in theory, the people who market them would tell you, no, they don't shift that significantly. It's very reliable. Do you know, though, it's a really good point, that though, isn't it? Because I suppose if you've got a team that is under massive amounts of pressure and you're really pushing them, like how they answer the questions is going to be different to a team that maybe hasn't got the same amount of workloads, a team that is has got a really good leader. There's so many different factors that are going to play into how people answer the questions, isn't it? Because it's going to depend on how they're feeling on that day as to how they you know, interpret that question and ask the question, uh, answer the question. And then that is obviously going to make the results vary, isn't it? Yeah. And that's why I would say use them as a tool. 
if you've got one, then great. And if your team have, have got the same one, then even better. Use them as a tool to have some of those types of conversations that we've talked about. So l- reflect on how true does this feel to me? What does that mean for how others perceive me? Maybe get other people to read it and say which bits stand out as yes, that is very true and which bits do I see differently? So you can get that check-in of whether how you think you come across is how you come across. And equally, working within teams and thinking about how some of those working relationships might benefit from some shifts or where there might be some friction then looking at how do those preferences play in and it's using them as a tool for exploration rather than as a finite kind of confine of who you are and what you're about that's where you'll get the best benefit from using personality profiles in my view at least yeah I think that I totally agree with that and in terms of how often you should do these personality tests because I think a lot of the time in the companies that I've worked for and you know the clients that I've worked with they do them once and and then the team changes because people leave and new people come in and and then eventually you end up with a small amount of the team that have done their personality tests and it's brushed into the carpet and then we all move on and we're all expected to work as a team and gel as a team would, would you say that you need to do them on a regular basis or or not? So I definitely feel like with those changes in the team dynamic and team members, the the places where I've known where people have had the most benefit is where they've picked one, whether it's Myers-Briggs, whether it's DISC, whether it's Insights, they picked one and they are consistent with it. By which I mean, if someone new joins the team that hasn't done it, then they do it. And then there's some of that discussion happens again and some of that sharing So that person is then included in that awareness and understanding. I don't necessarily feel like you need to keep repeating them for everybody else just because someone has joined the team. But if there has been quite a significant change, so maybe a big company restructure or two teams have merged or it's three years since you last did it and you're like, "Mm, now I look back at this profile, I'm not sure whether I feel this is reflective of me. Or if other people are saying, when you're talking about it, hang on, I don't necessarily see that as reflective of you, then I think those are some of the times to do it again. So I don't feel like there's a finite, It's it lasts for X amount of time. But I do feel that when people start to make this part of the regular language and part of the sharing within the team, so way back when, As a senior team, we did quite a lot of development work with Myers-Briggs and we would then call it out where, so I was known as Pokerface. My profile was, is still, as far as I know, ISTP. And what would happen is that people would say to me, hang on, I don't see that introversion from you. And it's because in a lot of instances, extroversion was a learned behavior. That was what people saw more of. Where they saw more of the introversion was often in meetings where that's where I got this reputation as poker face because people would be presenting an idea or a new strategy or be talking about whatever and my face would give nothing away and people (laughs) found that quite disconcerting and in in doing that work around Myers-Briggs then what I recognized was for me that's because that's where people can see my introversion it's where I'm 
reflecting, it's where I'm considering, it's where I'm processing, it's where I'm listening, as opposed to expressing myself outwardly. And what that meant was I was able to recognize, ah, that's a time where the extroverts in the room want some feedback on what I think of their idea. They want to know that I'm receiving it positively, even though I might then have questions afterwards. So that then became something that we would call out and somebody we potentially, if they're presenting it and I'm not responsive, might say, you're doing that poker face thing, where's your thinking at? And we would use that in that way. So it wasn't a, a judgment or a criticism. It was an acceptance and an acknowledgement that we had different preferences and that I needed time to think and process and they needed that kind of instant feedback to feel confident to continue presenting. So that's an example of how we used it as a senior leadership team and how we really benefited was really exploring some of those nuances and thinking about some of the situations where it played out and where those differences became more apparent and how we could accommodate both sets of preferences rather than saying one's right and one's wrong. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think another thing that um, I'm interested to know your view on is using personality tests in recruitment processes. And the reason I ask is because an interview that I went for years ago, the start of my career, I did a personality profile test and a few different psychometric tests. And basically they, they said to me in the interview, we need to talk to you about something because we don't know if this is right because you appear to be very extrovert or you appear to be extrovert, maybe not very extrovert at that time, but your profile shows that you are more introvert. So we don't think it's right. So we just wanted to speak to you about it because we think that you're a good candidate for the role. I did like to go on to get offered and accepted the role, but they said, we just want to make sure that this is right but they didn't show me anything until the interview so I was like oh my goodness and that was my first in intro really into personality profile testing I didn't really know what they were at that point never really done anything with them or seen them before and it was just go to this interview sit in front of this computer do this test didn't really know what I was doing but then they started asking me the questions around it and I was like oh they really put me on the spot but then when I looked at uh, the information that was there, I was like, do you know what? That does sound like me, but I think I can, probably my preference is introverted. Like I am introverted, but then, you know, when I need to be, I can also be quite extroverted and quite social as well, dependent on the situation. But what's your view around that for recruitment? Because I know at the time, I honestly, in the interview, I was thinking, oh my goodness, what even is this? Like, what's going on? How do I answer these questions? So what is your view on it? So this is another question that I absolutely love because I have quite strong views on this. For me, this is a hard no. And I say that as someone who in the past has used them. And that was an awful long time ago. And my guidance now for employers is not to use them. And the reason for that is because of the things that we've already talked about. So they are about people's preferences, not their potential. They are reflective of the situation and context that somebody might be in. So if they've been in a role that is in 
an industry that is very much about compliance, you might well see more of that in the profile than you might if someone's come from a, a startup environment where there's very little on that side. For me, they, I see that for some roles, particularly more senior roles, where they are in the hands of people who are skilled at using them as a tool for exploration around preferences and how do the preferences fit with this role and looking at some of those dynamics of who else is in the team and some of those things. But I think the problem with using it in that way in recruitment, even in those situations, is you're then making a judgment based on this personality profile about someone's capacity to do the job. And I feel like there are far better suited ways to look at that than off the back of a personality profile. And I think your example really shines a light on. It also really reinforces, in my view, that aspect where people can feel like I've got the wrong personality profile and that's why I wasn't offered the job and and can feel then that things that are written as limitations are assumed to be true and that's why they haven't got the job. And that may not actually even be the case, but if you've put somebody through that process and given them a, a personality profile and then you've not given them the job, then it's very likely, I would say, that somebody is going to feel like an aspect of why they haven't got it is because of their personality. And I think for me... Yeah, it's just a hard no. <laughs> so right. what's what I'm interested because we haven't talked about this before we recorded. So what's your take on this? Where's where do you sit? So I think because I had such a bad experience like early doors in my career with them, then when I'm working with clients to do recruitment and they say, let's do a psychometric or let's do a personality test, my advice is usually don't because I know the way it made me feel. And they went on to offer me the job and I went on and excelled in that job. So in terms of what they were suggesting from the personality profile, from a recruitment point of view, it, it wasn't a true reflection of me. And they might, they, they could have not offered me that position. And I went on to really excel in that role and make them quite a lot of money. So I think it would have been, if they'd have made the decision based on that, test then I think it would have been wrong which is why my guidance is the same as yours don't do that there are other ways to test people to to get under the skin of like people's experience and all that kind of stuff without doing that it's great I think personality tests are great in when you're doing one-to-ones and you can have that time to explore and use it as a coaching tool find out more about people get to know people and use it as a way to to develop people But I think in, and as you say, depending on the situation that you're in, when you're answering them questions, then you might not always get a true reflection in a recruitment process because you're there, you're under pressure. And when I was answering them questions, I'll be really honest. I was thinking, what do they want me to answer? How do they want me to answer? What is going to be the best answer that, you know, that they're going to like? And I didn't know any of that information. I was just guessing. but. I answered the questions and it did come out that I was more introvert than extrovert, but I came across 
as more extra bit, which they couldn't get their heads around. So if people are interested in doing personality tests and learning more about their team and really getting under the skin of what are the preferences in the team? How can we all work together better? How can we help people progress? How can we support people and really retain talent in the business? Then we can definitely help you with that and if if you're listening thinking that would be good for my team because I feel like we don't really know each other or I could know them better or I could support them better then we can help with some workshops with training with one-to-one support so just drop us a message if you're thinking like or even for yourself if you're thinking this is something that I'd like to know about me because it is so interesting every time I do it like I do learn new things and become aware of of new things and it's so interesting especially if you're constantly trying to develop yourself yeah absolutely if people are out there and thinking that might be valuable then do get in touch so that brings us to the end of this episode as ever it's been great to have you with us and please do share this with anyone that you think would benefit from it And if you have any particular topics that you would like us to cover in future episodes, then do drop us a DM. Trelleboard is ever growing with inspiration of additional episodes. And we're always happy to produce episodes that really hit the spot based on what you want to know. So just drop us a DM if there's anything you'd like us to cover. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you again next time.